When you are born again, you are a completely new person. You are totally new. You are so new, the scripture says that you are a new creation. All things are passed away and all things have become new. You have a new name. The name of Jesus belongs to you. You have a new identity. Christ himself is now your identity. Everything about you is new. You have new rights. You are a son of God. You are a joint heir with Christ. All the promises of God are yours. You have the rights of sonship that you did not have before. You have a new citizenship. Your citizenship is in heaven. And your constitution is the Bible. You are a citizen of heaven. And God wants his will to be done in your life on earth as it is in heaven. You have a new authority. The authority of the name of Jesus belongs to you. You have the authority of the Son of God. Even all of creation is waiting for you to come and walk into your authority. The, all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Meaning what? For you and I to be, begin to function in our authority, in the reality of who we are. We are the sons of the living God. We are the ambassadors of Christ. We are the extension of God in this earth. We are his voice. We are his authority. All things have become new and all things are of God. You've got new power. All power has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth, Jesus said. And he says, you go in my name. I've given unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You've got a new power. You've got new freedoms. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You are free from the influence of the world. You are free from people. You are even free from yourself. Hallelujah. Because you've been crucified with Christ. And everyone has been crucified unto you. You have new riches. You have a new inheritance. The unsurpassable riches of Christ belong to you. You have been made, you have, Jesus became poor so that you might be made rich. You are redeemed from every curse of the law, from every lack, from every insufficiency. Now the riches of heaven, the riches of God, the blessing of the Lord is in you and that blessing makes you rich. You have abundance in the name of Jesus. Now, we are, now you see this life that I'm talking about, this new life is to be made manifest. And that's what we want to talk about today. How for it to not just be uh, intellectual and, and for the, it to not just be revelation, which it must be, but how it must become manifestation. Hallelujah. And then when it becomes manifestation, that it would become multiplication by being reproduced in others as you become God's seed in this world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, you are so awesome. Created in righteousness and true holiness. If you could see yourself on the inside, you look exactly like God. Hallelujah. Fearfully and wonderfully made. You are abundantly blessed. You are so blessed that the scripture says that, that you have been perfected forever. By that one sacrifice, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. That means there is no room for improvement for who God has made you on the inside. All things have become new. The kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of God is part of your inheritance. It belongs to you. The nature of God is part of your inheritance. That nature is inside of you. Then the, the, um, God himself is yours. God himself 
is your inheritance. The scripture says he is the portion of our inheritance. God himself. There is no conceivable way in which you can be improved on the inside. Hallelujah. You are that perfect. Say, I'm that perfect. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, the summary of all that is this, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. What I was just describing is the righteousness of God in Christ. The first time the Lord showed that to me some years ago, the way he showed it to me, this righteousness is that you are right even as God is right. This reality of who you are, the very righteousness of God in Christ, you cannot perceive this by your five physical senses. You cannot perceive this by your logical deductions and intellectual reasoning. You can only perceive this by faith. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, Through faith we understand. Through faith we understand. So you cannot perceive it by the senses or by reasoning or by, 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 by logic or by the carnal mind, but by faith. Now here is how faith works. Philemon 6 says, your faith will work and produce when you acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. When you acknowledge that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. When I acknowledge that everything within my born again spirit has been perfected forever. When I acknowledge that I've got the peace of God which passes all understanding. When I acknowledge that the kingdom of God is a, lives on the inside of me. When I acknowledge that the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. When I acknowledge that I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I here, but it's Christ that is in me living through me. When we acknowledge that, it is the acknowledgement of those things that will cause your faith to produce and will cause your faith to give it substance and it will become your experiential reality. The reason we don't experience a lot of these things is we haven't been saying it. We haven't been believing it. It is by faith that it might be by grace. The faith that causes the grace to be released to bring fulfillment. Hallelujah. I'm already beginning to tell you how this stuff works. It's going to be by faith. But you got to know what it is you believe. You got to know what it is that is finished. You got to know what it is that you have in your born again spirit. And then Philemon 6 says, the acknowledgement of those things will cause your faith to work. But it is not perceived by the senses. It is not perceived by reasoning. That is why you got to go to the word, into the mirror of the word, so you can see who you really are. It is the word that reveals it. The word is spirit and the word is life. You can only perceive these things and function in them by faith. All that you are in Christ, the righteousness of God, can become a living, experiential reality to you. Here is a statement. I am what I am says I am. I am. You are who God says you are. Not what reasoning or people or environment or history or whatever else. I am who God says I am. And I am to speak from that cross. I am to speak from that sacrifice. I am to speak from Galatians 2.20. 
I know I've preached Galatians 2 20 several times, but today I believe that it will burn in your heart where you will know that this is who you are. You are no, it's no longer you. You are crucified with Christ, with all of your history, with all of your background, with all of your genealogy. And it is now Christ that lives in you. And the life you live is the life of Christ. When you speak, I am who I am, said I am from that place, from that place of the cross, from that place of the sacrifice. What will happen? Then what happened is the grace and the power of God will begin to move to cause that to become your experience. The world needs to taste and see. That's the only way they're going to believe. You have to become the you are and you need to become the evidence and the proof of his reality, of his resurrection. Jesus, says if the, the, Jesus said that they might be one even as we are one so that the world might know that you sent me. How are they going to know? Just because we talk? No. They're going to know when we live. They're going to know when that oneness begins to ooze out of us and the life of Christ be made manifest and we become the fragrance of him in every place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I am what I am says I am. Say that with me. I am what I am says I am. So this is what we're going to talk about today. This is what we're talking about. What are the practical, what are some of the practical applications that will cause you to be established in this righteousness, in this oneness, to be established in your true identity, to be established in Galatians 2.20. It's no longer you, but it's Christ that lived in you. Hallelujah. And by the habitual continuous application of the eight aspects of the sacrifice of Christ, you will become established and it will be made manifest and it will become your experience. Now, let me just, let me just put out a few little bullet points, so to speak, that we need to have on the inside of us. Your true identity is Galatians 2.20. It's no longer you, but it's Christ that lives in you. Your true identity is that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus, Jesus was made to be sent for you and I, that you might be made the very righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Ephesians 4.24. Put on a new man who is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. Your true identity, Galatians 2.20 comes directly out of the sacrifice. Directly out of the sacrifice. That is why Hebrews 10 verse 12, verse, Hebrews 10 verse 14 says, by that one offering, by that one sacrifice, you have been perfected forever. Amen? It comes out of that sacrifice. Now, it is of the uttermost importance. I could not emphasize it enough. That when you practice, do, exercise the eight aspects of the sacrifice of Christ, what will happen? You will become immersed in the reality of who you are. You will become immersed in your true identity. You will become immersed in the fact that it's no longer you, but it's Christ living in you and living through you. 
but you got to do it. You're going to have to exercise these eight aspects. It doesn't come any other way. It doesn't come by osmosis. It doesn't come by hanging out with the right person. Amen? It doesn't come by capillary action. That's <laughs> Glory to God. It comes by doing. Jesus calls it abiding. Jesus says, I am divine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me, that lives and is anchored and rooted in me, he that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. It brings forth fruit that looks like divine. Like what kind of vine it is? That's Christ's fruit. Hallelujah. Amen. The essence of your born-again spirit and your born-again life is Christ himself. Christ himself is your true identity. Christ himself is your life. Colossians 3, verse 3 and 4 says, You are dead. Are dead. Not going to be. You need to reckon yourself so, but you are dead. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, he is your life. Galatians 2, 20 and 21, you are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live. Yet it's not you, but it is Christ that liveth in you. He is your life. It is Christ that liveth in you. And the life that you now live, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. This righteousness, this oneness that you have with God in Christ, this it not being you but him, did not come by the works of the law. It did not come because of any of your goodness. It came because Jesus was slain. It came because of the sacrifice. But know for a surety, Christ himself is your life and is your true identity. Colossians 3 verse 10 and 11 says, Put on the new man. It says, the new man who is created after the knowledge of him that created him. And Christ is all and in all. That means Christ is everything within the new man. Christ is the joy of the new man. Christ is the peace of the new man. Christ is the righteousness of the new man. Christ is the wisdom of the new man. Christ is all and in all. Everything within your born again spirit, if we could break it down and look at it through some spiritual microscope, we will see fragments and segments of Jesus himself. You will see the love of God. You will see the wisdom Christ made unto you wisdom. You will see the faith of God. You will see, you will see the joy of the Lord. You will see the peace that is of God. You will see Jesus. It's like seeing him through a prism where it's broken up and it's red, yellow, orange. But here it is. It's going to be the fruits of the spirit and it's going to be all that he is. And all that he is, he is in you. So that's my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, shake So it is now about Christ living in you. <laughs> Put it this way. It is now about Christ living his life in you. And through you. That's what is first 
John 4, 9 is all about. Herein is the love of God made manifest. How is it manifested? Is it just that he died for you? Thank God for that. Here is the love of God made manifest. That Christ might live through you and that you might live the life that God, and that you might live his life. How are you going to live his life? How are you going to, let me, let me, let me read this. Um, I, I, um, let me improve that a little bit. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world. What for? That we might live through him. Well, how are you going to live through him? To live through him is to live the life that comes from him. It is to live the life that comes through Christ. It is to live the life of Christ. Well, it's for the life of Christ to live in you and through you. That's why Jesus, he said, I abide in you and you abide in me. Amen? That they would be one just like you and I, Father, are one. I in you and we in them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So this is your true identity. It's the life of Christ. It's the life of Christ. That's me. Oh, I receive it. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, You are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If indeed Christ is in you. Is he in you? But this is where I live. I live in the spirit. You know, I'm going to tell you, one of the things I've learned, and I'm going to go down any you, I betray the Lord sees me tonight. Whenever we're done, we're done. But one of the things that has blessed me significantly is learning how to position myself to hear God. And it is really not that difficult. It is teachable. This is how teachable it is. Number one, you must acknowledge that you live in the spirit. I don't care how you feel. I don't care if you're hanging out in a graveyard. I don't care what the environment is. I don't care if there's fires and turmoil and there's strife and there's conflict all around about you. This is where you live. I live in the spirit. Romans 8 verse 9. That's number one. Number two, you must declare, I am a sheep and I hear his voice. You don't have to cause the phone to ring. You just got to answer it. Hello? He speaks. All you got to do is hear when the phone rings and answer it. <laughs> Amen? Say, I hear his voice. And then thirdly, you develop a sensitivity and you learn to detect what's in your spirit because that's where he lives, that's where he speaks. So you can check and find out in your spirit what he's saying. And then you learn, you know sometimes, have you ever been sleeping, napping, but your phone is nearby and you hear a text come in? Have you? Maybe, well, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's God sending a text. Amen? Now you can check it out or you can not check it out. I say you check it out. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Years ago when you wanted to hang up your phone, if you wanted to not answer the phone from somebody, you had to take it off the hook. <laughs> now we have got some other ways. <laughs> you know, we leave the phone hanging. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, answer the phone when God rings. <laughs> now your identity is no longer that you are male or female. It's no longer bond or free. It's no longer your culture, your background, your ethnicity. 
It is no longer what social club you belong to. It's no longer that you are, a, you are an alumni from this university or from this group. It's no longer the fact that you are a boy scout. No, no, that's not your identity anymore. Galatians 3 verse 28 says that it says, first of all, because you've been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ, and in him there is neither male nor female, bond nor free. But Christ is all and in and all. I mean, there is none of that stuff. Romans, Revelation 5 verse 9, by the blood of Jesus, you've been redeemed out of every kindred. You have been redeemed out of every tongue. You have been redeemed out of every people. You have been redeemed out of every nation. That means you have been redeemed out of every ethnicity. You have been redeemed out of every people or organizational group of affiliation. It means you have been redeemed out of every tongue, mean any language, any cultural identification. You have been redeemed out of any kindred, any tribe. Say my only tribe is the tribe of heaven. <laughs> Amen. My citizenship is in heaven. The Bible is my constitution. I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Touch not, taste not. No, I am complete in Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I am dead to the world, to the body of Christ. And the world is dead to me. And so are also people. I love them, but they're dead to me. And you're dead to them. Remember, who are you? You are crucified with Christ. And it is Christ that lives in you. That's your true identity. You are in the body of Christ. You are in Christ. And it is from there that you think, you speak. That is, everything is judged from there. Everything is judged from the fact that you are in the body of Christ. This is the new and living way that he has consecrated for you and says, this is it. This is where you live. Hebrews 10 and verse 20. You live here. Where? In the body of Christ. This is the new and living way. It's the new way that you live. Where? In here, in the body. Amen? And because of that, man, a lot of things change. You can't think the other way. You can't talk the way the other people talk. Because that's not what, when you are in him, that is not what you hear him saying. And that is not what he has taught you. And it is as he has taught you, that is all you need to think, that is all you need to speak. And he thinks according to the truth that is in him. Say truth. You shall know the truth and boy, oh boy, it will make you what? Oh, glory to God. It will bring you into the manifested experience of the reality of who you are. This thing got to become experiential. I don't know about you, man. I am, I, thank God for revelation. I love revelation. But I need, I need experience. I want to taste it. I want to feel it. I want to experience it. The kingdom of God is not just in word, but it is in power and it is in demonstration. We've got to have that. Say, I got to have that. Hallelujah. So, you are as Christ is, as he is, so are you in this world. Christ is your righteousness. He has made unto you wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and, and um, redemption. Say, Christ is my life. Listen to this portion of scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm just, gonna, just a few verses here. It says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? He calls you righteousness. 
And what communion has light with darkness? He calls you light. And what accord has Christ with Belial? Well, he's not calling you Belial. He's calling you Christ. <laughs> or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? He calls you a believer. So here you are. It calls you, it calls you a believer. It calls you righteousness. It calls you, it calls you light. It calls you Christ. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? He calls you the temple of God. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them. Don't think like them. Don't talk like them. Don't act like them. Have your mind renewed so that you can know and prove what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. You're in this world, but you're not of the world. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch what's unclean, and I will receive you. And I'll be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says who? The Lord Almighty. The one who is sovereign. The one who is almighty. He says, man, you, 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 just, you, you cooperate with me. You be who I say you are. I am what I am said I am. He says, you do that, and guess what? I'm going to follow you. I am going to be but I'm not just fathering you from a carnal, natural. I'm fathering you from the position of who I am. I am almighty God. I am Lord. I am sovereign. There is none above me. I have all power. I have all might. I have all knowledge. I know everything. I am everywhere. I am even in your future before you get there. And he says, I'm going to father you. But what I'm telling you to do is recognize you are light. Recognize you are a believer. Recognize you are righteous. Recognize that you are my temple. Amen? Recognize that as Jesus is, so are you. That's your life. So this is my life. Hallelujah. So your true identity and your righteousness, it flows out of the sacrifice of Christ. That is why Colossians 2 verse 12 says that you were baptized into his death. You were baptized into Christ by the faith of the operation of God. In other words, what does that mean? 2,000 years ago when Jesus went to the cross, before you were physically born, God took you and put you inside Christ, inside his sacrifice, so that you were crucified with him, buried with him, resurrected with him, ascended with him, washed by his blood, have his life, have his name, have his authority, and have his word. And his word is him speaking in you. His word is him speaking in you, which has to do with the utterances, which has to do with the promises, as well as the written word of God. He says, I did that 2,000 years ago. God says, I did it. It was my operation. It was my surgery. It was by the faith of God. I did that 2,000 years ago. You say, but I didn't exist. God didn't need you to exist to do it. You know why? The scripture says, through faith, we understand the words were framed by the word of God. So that the things were seen were not made of the things which do seen. God didn't need what is seen, what exists to make some. No. Man, you know, people say God, God made the world out of, God spoke it into existence. Amen? God decided to talk, you didn't, you know, anyway, the thing is this, 
It's done. Say it's finished. <laughs> All right. Okay, fine. Glory to God. But it is by the faith and the operation of God that he did this. So your life and your identity flows out of that sacrifice. Romans 6, verse 3 and 4 puts it a little bit more simply. It says, know ye not. I mean, you got to know this. Know ye not that as many of you have been baptized or immersed into Christ, you were also baptized and immersed into his death. And you were buried with him by baptism unto death. And that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, you were also raised up. Therefore, you ought to walk in the newness of life. You ought to walk with a consciousness that my heart is anchored in resurrection. Say that with me right now. Say my heart is anchored in resurrection. The old me is dead and gone. It's Christ in me now. I'm on this earth, but I'm living like if I'm resurrected with the life of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So it says you were, you were, know you not that you were um, baptized into, when you were baptized into Christ, you were baptized into his death, and that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, you ought to walk in the newness of life. Is this the Bible? Amen. Now I know you're receiving this because God strengthens you with might by his spirit in your inner man, and it has been given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. This the truth bears testimony with your conscience. You cannot deny what I'm saying because it is the word of the living God. And that word is penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It's a discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Everything is defenseless before it. That word penetrates to the inside of your being and your conscience knows that this is the truth. Even if you're listening to this today and you've never been born again or you've been religiously brainwashed you know by your conscience bearing witness that this is the truth. This is the truth. Hallelujah. So don't fight against the pricks. The revelation of righteousness comes out of the sacrifice. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18, To them which shall perish, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. But to us, the preaching of the cross, the declaration of the sacrifice, it is the power of God unto salvation. And then again it says in Romans 1, 16 and 17, I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the preaching of this sacrifice. I'm not ashamed of the revelation of Christ in me, the hope of glory. I am not ashamed of it because it is the power of God unto salvation. And then verse 17, here is why it is the power of God unto salvation. Because therein, in that righteousness, in that sacrifice, therein is the righteousness of God revealed. The reason why the gospel, the preaching of the cross, is power to produce deliverance, wholeness, preservation, healing, prosperity. Why? Why does it have this power? Because in it, there is this unveiling of righteousness 
In it is this revelation that you are one with God. In it is this revelation that you have God's authority. In it is the revelation that you've got all the rights and privileges, and hence all the promises are yes and amen. In it is the revelation that you are free from condemnation, guilt, shame, insecurity, inferiority. No one can put you down. They can try, but they can't because you are seated in heavenly places. You have been washed. You have been cleansed. You've been sanctified. In his sight, you are holy without blame, without blemish. No voice from the past can bring you under condemnation. The devil cannot successfully accuse you because you know he has been cast down. And if he tries to accuse you, all you got to do is sit him down and preach to him. Preach to him the blood. Let him know you've been cast out. The kingdom of God has come. I've overcome you by the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony. You cannot accuse me. But you did this. No, 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 no. I'm washed. I'm cleansed. I'm sanctified. The father says he's got no more remembrance of it. No record. So who cares what the devil say? Who cares what people say? Who cares what accusations come? Man, you have that authority to silence the accuser even by the blood of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, shake all the men man. Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, praise God. All right. What am I saying? The revelation of this righteousness comes right and comes out of the sacrifice. The revelation of who you are, your true identity, Galatians 2.20, comes out of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, ascension, his shed blood, his name, his nature, his promises. Now here is the truth. Here is the truth that brings you liberty. You shall know the truth, and it will make you free. Stand fast in that liberty. What is the truth that brings you liberty? Every aspect of Jesus' sacrifice is your experience. Every aspect, every aspect. I mentioned eight aspects. Every aspect of Jesus' sacrifice is your experience. When we have communion, that's what we are declaring. We are proclaiming and declaring whenever we have communion, I have a common union and share in everything he did in his body and everything he did in his blood. In other words, I have a common share in everything he did in his sacrifice. Well, of course I do. I was with him. I was in him. I was crucified with him. I was raised up with him. Of course I've got a share in it. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. So, every aspect of Jesus' sacrifice is your experience and is what frees you from everything. Listen to this. He, it frees you from everything he died to end. Everything he died to end so that that thing doesn't rule over you. That experience is yours and you have a right to it. Now when we get to discussing some of the, some of the, the, the examples, the day-to-day -day things we have to deal with, how do we apply it? This is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be seeing, well, what did he die to end? Okay, he died to end that? Fine. I don't accept that anymore. Oh, this is why he's living inside of me? To manifest so, so, so. Well, fine, I accept that. 
and we make that identification. The voice of your past, sickness, disease, poverty, human identity, with all of its limitations, he died to end the rule of those things over you. That's what it means when he says you are in the world, but what? But not of the world. What does he mean by that? He is saying you are in the world, but you are not to be defined by the world, and you are not to be limited with the limitations of those that are operating in that world system. You are in a different system. You are in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So that you may experience it, that you may also experience everything. That Jesus is alive in you to manifest. Why is Jesus? Is Jesus on the inside of you? Are you born again? Did Jesus move in? Well, why is he in there? Why is he in here? Just so that you can know that you're born again? Just so that we can have a little bit of goose pimples every now and then? He is in you. Here, here. Okay, I'm going to try to see if I can put this direct to the point. The reason Jesus is in you is to bring fulfillment to everything God has said about you. Is to bring fulfillment to everything that God has ordained for you. It is to bring you into, it is to cause, it is to cause the promises of God to be fulfilled. In other words, Jesus is in you, and he's literally saying, just let me do it. I know how to do it. I know how to make this word flesh. <laughs> I know how to bring fulfillment to this or I know what God has spoken concerning you from before the foundation of the world and I'm here to make it happen the manifestation and the government is on my shoulder so would you just let me you crucified get out of the way the life you now live is my life let me live it it is the life of Christ that comes out of you that causes the devil to bow that causes sickness to leave somebody. That causes the oppressed to go free. It is the life of Christ that comes out of you that causes the prosperity. It is the life of Christ that flows through you that causes you to live in divine health so that sickness cannot abide. How can sickness stay in your body when the life of Christ is manifesting and in him there is no darkness, no sickness whatsoever? There is a river of life that flows out of him. And everywhere that river flows, wherever there was death, there's going to be resurrection. There's going to be life. Wherever that river goes, now all you got to do is learn how to keep that river flowing. That's why Jesus is on the inside of you. So, here is the truth. Everything he died to end is to be your experience. And everything he lives in you to manifest his divine health, the prosperity, the freedom, the joy, the peace, the fulfillment. To all he has said concerning you. And all that he has spoken over you. From before the foundation of the world. All of his plan, his purpose, his destiny. All of it. That's what he's there for. Let me prove that to you just for a moment. I'm, uh, oh, okay, let me prove it to you here. Amen? I said I'm going to follow the rabbit trails as they come. Did I say that? Amen. Which means if I, don't, if I get to a certain point and we're done, we're done. We can just pick it up next week. Can, you, you, you okay with the rabbit trails? You find rabbits on the rabbit trail. 
And if you season it right, it could taste good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. All right. Okay. I'm saying that it is the life of Christ manifesting. The life of Christ, Jesus is in you to bring fulfillment to what God has said about you. And what God has designed for you. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of love, power, and a sung mind. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with, with me in the suffering of the gospel according to the power of God. Now, verse 9. Christ, who has saved us, who has saved you, and called you. I wonder how he called you. Did he say something? How do you call someone? You speak. And called you with a holy calling. That's the things he spoke about you. And it was not according to your works. Or your own goodness. But it was according to his own purpose. And grace. Which was given to you in Christ before time began. In other words, then before the foundation of the world, before God ever said, let there be light. I mean, this is further back than the cross. <laughs> Even before God says, let there, be a, let there be light, before the fall, before all of that, before the foundation of the world, God had chosen you in Christ. And in Christ, God had given you. First of all, in Christ, God had spoken your entire future. And everything about you. And he had also had your purpose clearly defined. And he also gave you grace. Grace what for? To accomplish the purpose and bring fulfillment to what he had promised and said about you. Alright? So he said it was all the way before the foundation of the world. But has now, say now, when is now? Now but has now been revealed by the appearing of our, Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ. It has now been revealed. It is now being uncovered. It is now coming into manifestation. It is now to be made manifested. How? By what means? By the revealing of the, of the, the, the revealing by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. The old kingdom says by the, by the appearing which means the unveiling. Christ is in you. When Christ in you is unveiled, when he begins to come out, when he is unveiled and that Christ in you begins to be made manifest, what happened? Then all these things that God had planned for you, the grace, the destiny, the purpose, and all of those things will begin to come into manifestation. That is why it is the life of Christ being living through you and that life flowing it is christ in you for the hope of glory he is in you for that purpose to bring fulfillment to what god has promised to what god has said concerning you ephesians 2 verse 10 says the same thing it says that you are his workmanship created in christ jesus you are god's handiwork you are god's masterpiece you are the perfect product of that perfect sacrifice created in christ jesus for what for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But when does it come to manifestation? As Christ in you is unveiled. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ living through you. Amen? Hallelujah. So this is why 
it is imperative that you take action with each of the eight sacrifices. Because it's the taking of those actions. It is the taking of those actions that will cause you to experience. It, it, that will cause you to experience what? Everything that he died to end and will cause you to experience everything that he lives in you to manifest or to make real. Amen? Okay. What does that look like? I mean, think about it. Can you imagine? Imagine, imagine your Christian life, where you are right now, and everything that he died to end is ended. And it doesn't, I mean, it has, it's like not even a fly on the wall. It is just like it's there, but it's not there. Oh, this happened to me in my past. But he died to end that. So that has no voice. I mean, sometimes you are affected by what people think about you. So you were concerned about your repetition. But then you're dead. So your repetition don't matter anymore. H here is something. The devil has no power over a dead man. None. He can't tempt him. Oh, here, look, take this, take the money, it's free. You can't, you can't do that. He has no power over him. So when you recognize the voice of the past, the accusations of people, all of these other things, whatever could cause um, from your history, from the, the, all those things that he died to end the sickness and disease. He didn't bear your sickness and his disease when he, went to, when he ascended in heaven. He did it in his body while he was on that cross. And by those stripes, those stripes were inflicted on him before he died. Do you know that? Do you know that? Thank God it didn't end there, though. Because you, you would have been healed, but then you still have that sin nature. You, <laughs> I mean, it would have been trouble. But thank God he, he finished the job. But oh, he died to end sickness rule over you. So if sickness, disease, poverty, lack, Condemnation, accusation, and all those things are silenced. And on the other hand, he is in you so that you, so that, so that you can have joy unspeakable. So that you can have peace in the middle of all the storm. And there are storms, are they not? Are, do, are storms going to happen? Of course they're going to happen. But he said he can keep you in perfect peace. He said that, that even in the, that he'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. People will want to know, how could you? How could you be re rejoicing and laughing at a time like this? How could you? Be f I mean, here you face situations that seem impossible. But guess what? Why do you think Jesus lives inside of you? To do what? He's, his specialty is to overcome the impossible. So your life becomes just a perpetual victory life. Your, your life becomes one where he continually causes you to triumph. I mean, that which is impossible is just something, is just another assignment for the faith of Christ. The faith of Christ is in you for the impossible. And that is what your life becomes. You, becomes a, you become a trophy of his grace. You become a manifestation of his goodness. You become proof and, 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 and evidence of his resurrection. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? So that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I mean, when these things begin to happen, people know it's not you. It's got to be God. 
You see, so, so this, this, this is what it's all about. But for that to be a reality, we have got to exercise. We have got to exercise by every reason of use. Every time we have a reason to use it, we exercise. We do it. Right? Hebrews 5, verse 13 and 14. So, you become established in this righteousness and in this true identity, Galatians 2, 20, by doing the sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 10 says, always bearing about in your body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Christ will be made manifest. Always. Always. When is always? Always doing what? Living in this place where you identify with the dying of the Lord Jesus. Where you identify with the, Christ, with, with the sacrifice. Every aspect of it. Always bearing about in your body the dying of the Lord Jesus. What for? So that the life of Christ might be made manifest, revealed, uncovered, obvious. For that reason, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 11, we are delivered unto death all the time. What for? So that our life could show up in our mortal flesh. Well, when the life shows up in the mortal flesh, you get healed. But when the life shows up in the mortal flesh, all kinds of victories and all kinds of, of works of redemption takes place. But we are always delivered to death, which means every time, constantly, we've, every time something comes up, oh, it's not me here, I'm dead. But it's the life of Christ that lived in me. And that becomes a constant. That becomes a life. And, and, but that life causes the life of Christ. I mean, it is like this. Jesus says, get out of the way. I am not going to override your will. If you stay there, then you deal with it. You get out of the way, I deal with it. That's why the scripture says, take up your what? Cross. The cross is where you die. Take up your cross and what? Follow me. What for? So that where I am, there you may be also. So that you can have what? My life. Jesus said in another place, Luke 14, 26, he says, look. He says, you want to be my disciple? You want to be like me? Disciplined by me? You want to be like I am? He says, if you want to be my disciple, he says, except you take up your cross and deny yourself. You cannot be my disciple. You might want to. You might pray about it. Hands might be laid on you. You might fast. You might pray. You might do all of these wonderful things. But he says, except you take up your cross and deny yourself, you cannot be my disciples. It's not going to happen. Are you with me? So he says, the only way you're going to have my life is you've got to bear about in your body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Recognize that the cross, recognize that that cross is, take that cross, embrace that cross. Say, embrace the cross. Hallelujah. I'm, I've, got to, I've got to kind of wrap this up. Hallelujah. Alright, I gotta finish. So let's just stop right here. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Say embrace the cross. Alright, we might have to go back and change the title of the message, but anyway. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. It's still part one. We're gonna pick up with this and continue. But Philippians, because I hear this is what God is saying. He is saying that in order for you to have his life, for you to live and be established in righteousness. 
and, 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 and be who you really are, that true identity, he says the only way you're going to do it is you're going to have to apply the various aspects of the sacrifice. And to do that, it begins by embracing the cross. All of the sacrifice of Christ hangs on these two things. Being crucified and the blood. Without the eight aspects of the sacrifice, without being crucified, there is no burial. <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't want to be buried without being crucified, do you? <laughs> without being crucified, there's no burial. Without crucifixion, there's no resurrection. Without, without crucifixion, there is no ascension. And then without the blood, there is no life of Christ in you. Without the blood, there is no forgiveness. There is no, the promises aren't you, the promises aren't available. And without Christ being in you, the word of the, the word and the and the promises are don't have a foundation. Because you see, it is the word that he's speaking in you. Amen. The words that I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. Man shall not live by by bread alone, but by what? Every word that what? That proceed out of the mouth of God. Jesus want to be in the inner side of you, and he want to do some talking. Oh, when the Holy Ghost has come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He will not speak about himself, but he will speak, and he will show you things to come. He will take what is mine, and he will reveal it unto you because they are yours. Amen? All right, I, I, I'm finishing here now. So it therefore says in Philippians chapter 3, and verse 18, Paul was saying in Philippians 3 and verse 18, he says, For many walk of whom I told you often, and I tell you even now weeping, crying, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Why are they enemies of the cross? Because they didn't embrace it. Say, I embrace it. Say, I embrace the cross. Say, I embrace the sacrifice. And then it goes on to say in verse 20, Because our citizenship, or our conversation, is in heaven. It's according to heaven. It is according to what is finished. It is according to the word that is settled in heaven, from which we are eagerly waiting for the Savior, the Lord, the Sovereign One, the Master, Jesus Christ. We are looking expectedly, having our conversation in heaven, and we're just looking for him. Who will transform our lowly body, this physical body, that it might be conformed to his glorious body. That it will become like his glorious body. Oh, the scripture says in Ephesians 5 verse 30 that we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. Can you imagine your body being transformed into his glorious body? That means sickness is gone. How? According to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. That means what? You see, it's like this. Christ is in here. And when your conversation, and when you embrace the cross, and when you are speaking from who you are in him, you are speaking and believing according to what is finished, according to death, burial, resurrection, ascension, shed blood. When you are doing that, Christ in you rises up and anything in your life that is rebellious, that is not consistent with him, he exerts power and he 
smothers it and he subdues it and he makes it obey him. And that's victory. You see, you know, we say, Lord, all oh, the weapons of our warfare are mighty to pull down strongholds, imaginations, high things, and every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity and the obedience of Christ. Here is some insight into that scripture. When you recognize that Christ is in you, and he's living here, and he wants everything. I mean, this is his house. <laughs> he wants his house in order, does he not? All right? He wants his house in order, and he wants you to order it with justice and judgment. So, he is in here, and then what happens is, what happens is, here he is, and he, his assignment is to make everything. Go, Rebbe. Pray in terms for a minute. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lenga mbando reke de berebe kurake. He came on omungu rebe de balaboro mon erikea. Haladada de becure bekile menamoku. Hedebe rabakura and dashe take laba. E rebecure becarababa baya. Monde rebekike rebeku. Mande rebenande rebetike rebeabuya daba. Ha ha ha. Ha ha, monde, halebe, yeka robongo, urebe la baramana, enga rebele, ondi andende, hike rebeku raba, rebeku rebele mana karabaya. Ha ha ha, oh shenange, ye leberoku, me li karabando, urebekande rebeku karababakaya. You have become the body of the Lord Jesus. You are not longer, longer your own. When Jesus walked, he had a body through which he was able to get the will of God done on earth. But now, he has left, but he has returned, and he's now in you. And your body has now become his body. And so now, the same way he only lived to do those things that please the Father, he now lives in you to do those things that please the Father. So he functions even by the very fate of Christ. And his assignment is to bring everything to be, to be in line with the will of the Father. To bring sickness and to cause it to be underneath your feet. To cause you to be filled with all of the fullness of God. To cause that which is above and beyond what you could ever ask or think to become your experience and to become your reality. He is what I am says I am is what you are and he is in you as healer. He is in you as deliverer. He is in you as light. He is in you as wisdom. He is in you as provider. He is in you as El Shaddai. He is all that you need for he is your sufficiency and he is in you but he can only manifest himself to the degree that we allow him to the degree that we cooperate with him. Therefore he he says, take up your cross. Take up your cross because when you take up your cross, you, you will move out of the way so that he can rise up. And he who is the way will manifest the way, always make a way of escape. For he is that way and his way is always that whereby he brings you above only and never beneath. Where you the head and never the tail. For he is your life and he is your strength. And he is the saving power of his anointed and you are his anointed. So believe him. Receive him and yield yourself to him. Do not be afraid of the cross, for your suffering is not worthy to be compared with the glory and the majesty and the excellence that shall be revealed. For God has come, and he has come, but he has come to bring many sons to glory. He has come to bring you into the very excellency of the Father. He has come to bring you into that place where, where you can have the ripened fruit that comes out of righteousness, that comes out of that one. 
this. For he is the vine and you are the branch. And, the, um, and as you abide in him, the branch in the vine, you shall bring forth much fruit. Much fruit, much fruit. Much fruit in every single area and in every single dimension. The fruit will be so much that you will have no choice but to share it. And others will come and they will taste and they will see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. But it takes your cooperation. It takes you embracing the cross. 